I mean, I feel like with your Italian heritage and my Mexican heritage, someone's bound to be loud. All right. Someone's <laughs> going to be loud on this podcast. It is what it is. <laughs> We're loud. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch Rob Cops and record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. Max, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm just dandy. I had to start the episode right as I'm taking a big ass hit. <laughs> we'll start busting my ass off doing. here huh i wasn't gonna say what you're doing but <laughs> we both oh, could see what we were doing <laughs> oh my god um, i thought it was yeah funny. i'm fantastic today today was a nice summer day in chicago it was beautiful outside got some softball in yesterday it's nice. a good weekend Good weekend. And it's getting just hotter and hotter. The next three days are supposed to be in the low 90s. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the humidity on top of that all is fucking awful, too. It's going to make it feel like 105. Yeah. So it's hot time summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Seriously. God, I, I, went, uh, I went and played some beach volleyball this morning and dipped in the lake during nice. it. It was like, okay, so it's 930 in the morning is when I first get there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I wake up this morning thinking, who the fuck goes to the beach at 9.30 in the morning to play beach volleyball? Like, my body is not even awake to get out of fucking bed mm-hmm. at that time on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I walk outside. I'm like, oh, because at 9.30, it's already fucking 90 degrees outside. Yeah. Like, it's already middle of the day, broad sunlight. I'm ready to play. Let's go. I'm already sweating yeah. beads down my ass crack. I got to jump <laughs> in the lake. I mean, also at night through in the morning, local time in Tokyo, that's when the Olympians are also playing beach volleyball. So you're just, oh, being, you're all, you're just, just being, being an Olympian, Olympian right now. Yeah, no big deal. Olympian, hey, you know? no big deal. I'm an Olympian. <laughs> Although you're in the city of Chicago, which – uh, also, is one of the two main cities that this that is the setting for the movie Bridesmaids, which is what we watched this week to finish off wedding season this season, this year, season year. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was your choice. We've both yes. seen it once, uh, yes. and we realized. I realized as we were watching it early on, as I was like looking at the stats, you know, while the credits are rolling. That the movie came out in 2011, so it is 10 years old this year. Damn! So we did it on its dec decathon, deca deca. It's 10th anniversary. Yes. Isn't that called something? <laughs> uh, deca tenniel. It's uh, <laughs> it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing. Let's move on. It's nothing. <laughs> I took us down a rabbit hole, and I don't know the way out. <laughs> Uh, not only did you, you and I take a hit right before we started recording, <laughs> but it's also really late at night. So oh, yeah. Extra punchy. Right oh, we're punchy as shit. Oh, that oh, should make this a fun conversation. Oh, um, God. But yes, it came out a decade ago. This is only the second time I've actually watched it, though. Um, I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters when it first came out. Um, yeah, it's been a bit for me, too, I think. Yeah, and so it was a very interesting experience to match up my original thoughts to my thoughts now as a 33-year-old adult. Yeah, especially earlier in the movie, we were both saying something about that, that like a lot of the stuff we were seeing. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Bridesmaids is a 2011 American comedy romantic, is it even a rom? Yeah, I guess it's a rom com. Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the uh, Chris O'Dowd, Kristen Wiig story is a, is yeah. a rom com. It's rom com um, enough, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
but the it's a film <laughs> directed by Paul Feig. Feig, is it Feig? Take it, Feig. Paul Feig. F E I G. F E I G. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it was written by Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wiig, and is produced by Jed Apatow, Barry Mendel, and Clayton Townsend. It was written by centers, Kristen Wiig. She co-wrote it. Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. Um, the plot centers on Annie, who suffers a series of misfortunes after being asked to serve as a maid of honor for her best friend, Lillian, played by Maya Rudolph. Rose Byrne, Melissa McCarthy, Ellie Kemper, and Wendy McClendon Covey co-star as Lillian's bridesmaids. And then Chris O'Dowd, Rebel Wilson, Matt Lucas, Michael Hitchcock, John Hamm, Franklin Ajayi and Jill Clayburn in her final film performance. The film appearance in supporting roles. Wait, who? Wait, final film appearance? Oh. Who is this? I know. I was just like, me too. I was like, wait, Did what? she die? What happened? Uh, I'm trying to figure out who she played. Yeah, who's uh, this? I'll look her up too. Let's move around this. Joe Clayburn? Claybaugh? Uh, anyway. Or Clayburg, excuse me. Um, oh, the mom. The mom. Yeah, Annie's mom. Oh, she, shit. Yeah, she passed away November 5th, 2010. Wow. Oh, damn. Wow. Huh. Well. well Okay, so that that occurred. Anyway, yeah. um, before we got into that, uh, <laughs> that's going to be riveting to listen back to. That part, <laughs> fucking hell, dude! Oh, that's beautiful. <sighs> that's the organic Not, rabbit holeness of it all. Is I know, but you know, shout out Joe Clayberg, whatever you know. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all that. All right. Um, Great performance. God, the film poster, just the very top line is it's just like it's critics' reviews. And the very top line is chick flicks don't have to suck. Bridesmaid wow. sets the bar for any R rated comedy this year. And then whoever wrote it. These are smart, funny women, says another review. Bridesmaids reaches levels of hilarity and heart that movies like these haven't reached in over a decade. So, since like 2001, like what fucking movie <laughs> released in 2001 had the same art? Like, are you talking about the American Pie movies? Because I don't why I wouldn't necessarily call that heart. I also see <laughs> another movie poster that says "Better Than the Hangover." Oh, <laughs> uh, that's. Uh, I mean. I mean. Anyway. Yeah, so I feel like uh, the, that's movie, just... the movie was released on April twenty eighth, uh, uh, well in LA, but May thirteenth nationwide. Uh, the running time is one hundred and twenty five minutes. Um, it's it, it, it much like any other Apatow production jam, you know, film. Uh, it could totally be a one hundred minute film that decides to go 120 plus um it, it, well yeah i could also see it being broken up into several films too that was it, <laughs> it, was, it could be a mini series for sure yeah could, yeah that's better yes that's much better yes a mini series uh, uh, let's see uh the budget for the film was thirty two point five million dollars. Thirty two point five. All right. How much did it make in the box office? Uh, two thousand eleven. Okay, we got some decent names, but they weren't huge yet. I'm gonna say uh, ninety five million. It made. Worldwide, two hundred and eighty-eight point four million dollars. Holy God! It made almost three hundred million dollars. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah, that's incredible. I know. I, I you know, kudos to them. It, they definitely they brought something at a time when no one else was really bringing stuff like it. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that this was a complete like, oh, my God, what a masterpiece. But it's more like, a, oh, this is a, a you know, a different flavor. Than yeah, it was, it was a little fresher take on the, the it, genre. It's like the recently released new Mountain Dew flavor that that's watermelon. They have a new like flavor put, that's watermelon. They put out a watermelon flavor recent, like this summer. Oh God! And it's good, you know. It's a new flavor. I, it, you know, it's actually really good if you put it in the freezer, and freeze <laughs> it, and then bring it out and then eat it like a popsicle slushy type thing. But that's because I like eating ice. I mean, dude, I've been eating so many, or not eating, I've been drinking so many slushy drinks lately. I get yeah, you. Yeah, dog. I get you, dude. It's the heat. Yeah, dog. It's the heat yep. and humidity. You need the slushy. Making these discount Otter Pops like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I forgot about those things. Fucking yeah. Otter Pops. Fucking Otter Pops, man. Fuck. Uh <laughs> but yeah, so two hundred eighty-eight point four million dollars. That's that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. So along the same lines, this movie also has two hundred and ninety-three critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. What is its Rotten Tomato score? Uh, 80%? 90%. Holy shit. Yeah. I thought I was guessing high. It is 90%. So, a marriage of genuine characters, gross-out gags, and pathos. Bridesmaids is a female-driven comedy that refuses to be boxed in as Kirsten Wig emerges as a real star. Um, let's see. Uh, Richard Krauss wrote, uh, Wiggs work as the neurotic, but mostly well-meaning Annie is a breakthrough proving that being funny and having feelings are not mutually exclusive. Uh, Richard Probst wrote, well, simply, he gave it a 3.5 out of four and wrote simply modestly flawed yet consistently funny. Fair. Uh, vague, but fair. Uh, Felicia Feaster wrote a tale of female anxiety deliriously and freakishly off the leash. It's as close to a perfect multiplex comedy as they come. Uh, while um, Eileen Jones of The Exile uh, <laughs> wrote a negative review saying, it's a movie about women going berserk over a wedding. Easy, non-feminist laughs are built right in there and milked for all they're worth. No amount of sad female faces during lugubrious pop song interludes can make this more meaningful than it is. Well, <laughs> that, that's a little <laughs> extreme, I think, but... <laughs> That especially it's not entirely like, wrong, I know, but like the whole non feminist argument slant, and just like the picture of the name, the, uh, the exile of the publication, yeah, like, okay, yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, you're not wrong. Um, and then Sarah Manville of Critics Notebook also gave it a negative review, writing, uh, really unsatisfying, mostly because the script by Miss Wig and Annie Mumolo completely ignores the movie's major issue, class. I don't know what she means by that. Like the class structure between... The oh, between oh, 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 oh. Like Lillian and like Annie. Or not, I mean, excuse me, Helen and Annie. Oh, that's so like, fucking true. Yeah. 
That's so true. I never thought about it from that angle. And Annie never once brought it up. And it was just like something she dealt with, but she never once said or complained about the fact that she couldn't afford things. Holy and shit. Yeah. Helen knew it, but like didn't necessarily make it public. And it wasn't just like something where Annie finally like, nut- I mean, I guess as part of her character, but anything that Annie like finally nutted up and said, yo, Helen, I can't afford this shit. Right. All right. Like, I don't give a fuck what you're doing or who you are or what you're trying to prove, but like, I can't buy any of this. Not to mention the amount of like societal pressure added on to that of like, well, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the maid of honor. I have to provide like all these extravagant things, you know? And like, she's going through, like it was perfectly paired with her going through her own shit. And we didn't see any of that. We didn't see any of that that crazy side, you know, of the, the stress of class. And that's why I still, that's why I feel like the more and more I think about it, the more and more my, the, the metaphor I chose of this being a new, a new tasty flavor of Mountain Dew is kind of apropos of this because <laughs> we're sticking like, with this going forward. This is, this is Mountain Dew in that it's a big old, you know, big budget multiplex, gross out comedy film that you go to see in the summer sort of thing along with the same lines of 40 year old virgin knocked up and the and then back in the day the american pie movies right like it's not supposed to be the it's not supposed to be citizen kane you're not supposed like this isn't supposed to be casablanca this isn't supposed to be like the most you know you get everything out of it but at the same time like they you know, there's a there's subtext. There's things that they they show and tell and tell in this film. It's not just telling. It's not just shooting. right. It's definitely the quality so, of the movie is actually pretty good. So then everyone just kind of like wrote its dick of like, oh my god, it's so smart. Oh my god, it's like, can you believe it? And it's just like because it put the like bare minimum effort. It's like you know a girl who had an absolute. It's like a girl going from John Hamm to the cop. Like, oh my God, the cop treats me so nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, actually, course- that was actually the origin of my comment earlier about I thinking that it could have multiple storylines or like multiple movies yeah. from this. Because I yeah. felt like all the storylines in it were so underdeveloped. Yeah. I think that was like one of my biggest gripes about it was that it just felt like nothing was really actually given more than surface level attention. Somehow in a two hour movie, there wasn't enough time for some things. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and yeah. And like one of those things is the societal structure between. Yeah. And now that I see else. that, that's such a missed opportunity. That's a great opportunity. Yeah. To like dive more into it instead of just like, using it for a joke and a gag maybe actually dive into it a little more yeah you know? but they they decided to do what they did and i mean at the same time it is a comedy film so you know let's let's yeah, talk about the ex- comedy first exactly off, it, it starred kristen wig who's great how do we feel about kristen wig as a comedian i i liked her on snl a lot and i didn't mind her in this at all but i didn't find her nearly as funny so with kristen wig i think i was the biggest fan of her as a comedian when she was dr pat on the joe schmo show What's the Joe Schmo <laughs> so, show? The Joe Schmo show was a show on Spike TV. Oh um, my god, I forgot about Spike TV. Yeah, but they made a fake reality show. Uh, they did two seasons of it. They made a fake reality show, and the first season it was just like everyone co- lives in a house and like votes each other out one by one until someone wins. You know, is such and such money. But the thing is. 
everyone was fake and in on, and actors and in on the joke, except for one person in the house that they were actually <laughs> on the reality show. And so they just tried to like lampoon reality TV while, you know, making this guy the patsy sort of thing. <laughs> and then just kind of seeing how they acted in it and like almost like a Truman show type thing. But Kristen Wiig was one of the actors in the show. So she was like improving this like doctor. She was like a, a therapist type character or something like that. Um, that sounds amazing. So, yeah. It, I remember liking her in that show. And then I remember recognizing her name when she joined SNL. And then I remember seeing her do like characters like, you know, the lady at the target uh, and like, and then I quickly realized that I didn't like her at all. Um, <laughs> I liked her as the, uh, I think I liked her most as the, um, I'm totally blanking on her name now, but the uh, the SNL character where she's constantly trying to one-up everyone. Do you know what I'm talking about? I it, kind, it sounds vaguely familiar. Um, but... Yes. Anyway, she just plays a character where she she talks really, you know, weirdly and socially awkwardly. And every time she's in some sort of social situation, she's trying to she tends up telling a story that one ups whoever's telling her. That sounds a lot more familiar. And it's like there's some funny runs in there because she gets in like a series of one ups with someone. And it's like this this dueling match yeah but you gotta be in the right mood for it yeah i see see i'm not like just her being like oh and then the tiger came out and like this and like doing like shit like that or just like oh like just her whole shtick i just felt was i've just never been a fan of it i've never thought it was funny um and you know, I've talked about what I look for in comedy. I look for more of like a a misdirection, a punchline I didn't see coming, and everything about like how she decided to get last was more of like a laugh at me and how weird I'd kooky I am. And it's like I that's the last thing I'm gonna laugh at. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, and so a lot of this movie is just like her like her like neuroses having her at the very beginning after like waking up putting on makeup then going back to bed and then acting like she had a nightmare and then just so she can get a compliment yeah and it was just like oh my god i to me that's not funny (laughs) to me like but like at the same time it was it's a well-written I will give kudos to that about like, that's a well-written introduction to this person, to who this person is. Definitely. It gives us a snapshot instantly of, of what mm-hmm. kind of things we're going to be. Annie is and what kind yeah. of person Annie is and hundred percent. And like, and so, you know, and that was the thing, like you and I talked about how the first time that she, that Annie and Helen get into a one-upsman thing, because they had their own one-upsman thing when at the very first speech. Oh, yeah, the fucking the speech club. thing. And you and I both talked about how awkward it was and oh, how hard it was God. to watch almost. But at this, and so we were both... And I, so I uncomfortable. You, like, this is extremely uncomfortable and I hate watching it. But at the same time, I'm well aware of its quality. Yeah, it was... It, it was, it was humorously done and it was blown out of proportion, of course. Yes. But it was there were so many elements to it that were so down to earth fucking honest and real. Yes. It it definitely captured enough of the feeling and motivation behind it that we were able to feel uncomfortable. Like even if we were chuckling at what we were actually seeing, it was there was like the undertone was like, "Oh god, it's it's uncomfortable though." Yeah, like you're, you're laughing at how uncomfortable you are. Just like, oh, yeah. God. <sighs> uh, yeah. And 
I mean, I don't seek that feeling out, much like I don't watch horror films or scary films, because I don't seek to be horrified or scared. <laughs> Some people do seek that. I yeah, I never, I never really liked horror movies that much. So, so this film, a lot of the humor, especially early on, just feels like it's within that whole Kristen Wiig line. Like when they bring in the ensemble of the bridesmaids themselves, especially Melissa McCarthy, then I feel like it really picks up. Yes, uh, I mean Maya Rudolph is Maya Rudolph. I, I still love to, to death. Just the picture of her giving up and shitting in the street. <laughs> the, the final. That was such a fucking down. hilarious scene. <laughs> like, just the final drop down. But Melissa McCarthy in that scene is so incredible. <laughs> the initial burp, and she's just like, I don't know, I don't know what end that came from. <laughs> and just like, and to where she's laying on the couch. And then to the point where she's shitting in the sink, yelling at people not to look at her. Oh it's my just, god, the shit sitting, the sink shitting was. Oh, oh my god! I couldn't. I had my eyes closed. It was like watching a horror film. <laughs> <It was just laughs> like I had my eyes closed. It's like I'm not looking. I'm not watching. I'm not. Oh my god! Yeah. It was another uh, another like humorously blown out of proportion yet mm-hmm. uncomfortable moment. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, and that was, that was the whole film is just like, there's bits of incredible quality mixed with this like base of discomfort, <laughs> like of something, that, I, mean, I don't know. It was, it was like eating a meal with like, like getting a steak dinner. I mean, you're not going to really, it's not going to make a lot of sense to you, but it was like getting a steak dinner and the steak's not cooked properly, but it has, but it has a really good like mashed potato and it has a really good like asparagus and like the sides are fantastic and the steak, I mean, the steak's a steak, it's still good, but like it's kind of tough and it's not cooked properly. And if it was cooked properly, then this dinner would be fantastic. There would be no complaints. See, I was thinking it was a funfetti cake with a raw interior. It's like, it's still funfetti. There's a part of your brain that still wants to eat the raw inside. But then there's the other part of it that's just like, but I could get salmonella from this. Yeah. But it's still funfetti. Yeah. And if it was just baked, it, that's what all the storylines in this movie felt like. It was just like half baked. It was these really good isolated scenes and gags, but the storylines themselves seemed a little underbaked. I, I mean, again, as viewed through a rom-com perspective that we've been viewing these through. Yes. So obviously this is this is going to be more of a comedy than a rom. Yes. But even then like even the dynamic between the bridesmaids was underbaked. The the dynamic between I don't know, between my Rudolph's character and Kristen Wiig's, Wiig's character like for the finale that we get, I feel like, okay, for the last two hours, I feel like I should have just watched a lot more of a better best friend dynamic, you know? There's, and it's... Uh, like, nothing about that convinced me that it's worthy of fucking fireworks and a duo together at the end with your favorite band from the 90s. You know what movies basically had the same ending was Mike and Dave need wedding dates and bridesmaids. They both ended with a musical performance. Yeah, they did. Um, a lot of rom-coms do. Yeah. It, it, you know. You could, if you don't have an ending, think harder. <laughs> just yeah, stop. let's just do a musical number. Yeah. 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 Um, we should just start doing musical numbers when we run out of stuff to talk about. 
the plane scene. I wanted to talk about that real quick, mostly for just the little fun facts. Uh, there are two actors in there that are actually, well, um, they're first. I wanted to point out that Kristen Wiig's co-writer, Annie Mumolo is also mm-hmm. an actress and she played the lady that she sat by and coach. I knew it. Also, yeah, she was also who also was afraid of flying and had dreamt that the car. Yeah, and yeah, you were in that, it. That was the co-writer. Okay. Um. So, yep, she created it with Kristen Wiig. They created like the movie that. together. I like that. Um, That's cool. And then, of course, there's also the Air Marshal John, who is Melissa McCarthy's husband in real life. <laughs> and so most of that interaction and scene was done improv. Uh, <laughs> the scenes where they're sitting next to each other on the plane. Yes. And he is, he is at first struggling not to laugh at some of the shit yes. that he, she's saying. And then he is actually like covering up his face because yes. he's laughing. <laughs> It's so incredibly, it's so incredible because Melissa McCarthy is incredible in the movie. This is, you know, this is what got us the multiple, multiple movies that she ends up doing after this is from this performance and for good reason. Absolutely. Um, and, and I fucking love her. We get the scene in the credits where, and it looks like it's done on the trailer slash RV that they're staying in on set. Like it looks like these two actors. Oh, yeah. Just made the video on their own and then showed the director. And the director thought it was funny enough to actually put it in the movie. Where they like that like, hey, sandwich this- legitimately yeah. looks like the, the, the food service that they get. Yeah. And from like they just picked it up. Like, yeah. She, like they were probably just like, hey, we have this idea for this little sketch <laughs> between these two. We're going to need that whole sandwich. All, all six feet of it. Yes. All six feet of it. That's it being the food service guy that carried that shit, carried that shit from South between South Ages to wherever the trailers were. My hope is that the trailers were probably a good distance away, so the two of them are carrying this as a team, (laughs) sandwich, both hands to go film this like porn parody (laughs) between their characters in the movie Bridesmaids. Because that's what love is, guys. Oh um, my god, that's amazing. That's then, that's what I want. And then the director, Paul Feig, Paul Feig, Paul Feig. I don't know. Um, Let's go with Paul but, Feig. I like that one. Sounds right. Yeah. So he also is in the movie. At the very end, he's at the wedding. He's sitting beside uh, the. Uh, He's sitting beside Ellie Kemper's husband. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. So, there's all that. Um, Interesting. Let's do what happens after for after. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. Because along the same lines of that marriage, um, Maya Rudolph, you know, being the bride and all, she decided to disappear for 14 to 16 hours and like she says it's because of the wedding itself or maybe it's because she's marrying some random chode like Doug (laughs) I mean it's like (laughs) Doug's sister Megan played by Melissa McCarthy says at the Brazilian restaurant (laughs) she's in she's probably in there fucking bawling her eyes out she has to spend the rest of her fucking life with Doug, and he sucks. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking love her. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, at some point, uh, Lillian decides that she wants her bathtub back, and she leaves. And so, I don't think they would make it. She wants um, her I'd like to think that there's a successful relationship between Annie and the police officer, Nathan. 
Um, that was but, his name? Yeah, Nathan Rhodes. Um, I for Officer Rhodes. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's all dependent upon whether Annie does the work and continues to do the work. So I don't know. That yeah. one, that one's that was incomplete. Uh, I I leave it incomplete because I'm a bit of an optimist, but I think I know the answer, but I just don't want to say. <laughs> you know. Well, because that's probably a bad. <laughs> bad well, answer. you're because you're gonna assume that they break up because Annie of doesn't get her what shit we saw together. In the, what we saw, in right? Home. Like, yeah. But that's another that's another mark on how underbaked the storylines are. Is not only is their their romance storyline underbaked, of course, but then even her storyline is underbaked. We don't we don't know enough about her character to root for or against her. You know, like I'm. I mean, I'm. I think that's maybe that's intentional because we're supposed to read into the character a little bit more and fill in the blanks, you know, with our own stuff, which like I was totally seeing that, right? Like some of her insecurities and shit, like I get. That's adult shit right there. Yeah. Like that's what we were talking about when we watched it, you know, or for you, when you watched it 10 years ago, I think it was probably more like, you know, five or six for me, but still like, that's why watching it this time around, like that was some of the stuff we were picking up on. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I kind of get some of this now. <laughs> like, yep. I kind of like, yeah. So the, yeah, I would have liked to see more sense, of yeah. more of Annie because of that. Like it's like, oh shit! Like I get she's probably a complicated as fuck person, and I want to see some more of her backstory. You know. That would be interesting. That'd be interesting to watch. And and that's how that's how you would know how to make the proper prediction for for them. But we don't know. Is it still a comedy though? If you do, if you go that route, (laughs) like to learn more about Annie. Well, I feel like plenty of rom coms show at least one of the characters that has this, you know, fairly complex or fairly detailed backstory that we get to learn about. Granted, that's that's only one storyline, but it's it's dependent upon the movie. Um, that's for sure. Because I mean, yeah, if we if we're talking like, uh, I always go to them, but like, how to lose a guy in ten days or fool's gold or something like that, probably right. not getting it. But like, you know, something a little more uh, in depth, like sleeping with other people or. Um, even Palm Springs to an extent, um, you know, things like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, even, um, I was going to say like even movies like Hitch, you know, or even fuck, even Love Actually has like how many damn storylines in it. And I feel like we get some better backstories in there, you know? Yeah. Granted, not, not at all the comparable playing field, but I'm that just pointing is, out. I'm just pointing out, yeah. like it's doable. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and Kristen Wiig is the main character. I feel like we should have learned more about her. You know. Yeah, I mean, they try to do it. They just didn't do it enough. Where, I mean, she basically she lost her confidence due to losing her business, and then couldn't put blame on herself for anything that she did. So she blamed it on the recession and then continue to take that idea of blaming others and blaming external and exterior circumstances for the failings in her life that she was. Right. Right. And so she didn't take responsibility for the parts that she played in losing her business and fixing them and fighting back. And then, you know, creating again and we never figure out like what she does with her life like does she get another job or anything else like she just you know so the movie itself kind of leaves her incomplete like right she's gonna she's gonna start fighting again maybe it's like that's that's kind of that's where she is because like you're not even sure what kind of amount of time there is between when Megan comes over to her house 
to when she when uh what should we call it when Aunt, or Helen shows up and knocks on the door. What do you mean? Like you see a montage after Megan comes over and like teaches her how to fight and whatever. Like there's a little montage oh, and then the right. montage ends with Helen coming right. over. We don't know how long that montage was. That could have literally been fucking twelve hours. That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess like she got her car fixed, and she got her mom. And yeah, I mean there was some so, stuff so, in like, there. So maybe maybe a few days, but still, like it could have been less than a week. Has there been a lot of change? Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's like <clears throat> it's people give this movie credit as if it did the work to that extent that we're bringing up when it's obvious that we're bringing it up because they didn't do that work. And we're just saying this is like this movie did the work for a B student and everyone wants to give it an A. Yeah. Everyone congregates. Like, it's... But that's not to say that it's a bad movie. It's, it's still a B like a B is a good great... B's get degrees. Yeah. B is a, Great, great grade. Yeah. I have a B average in college, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah. So it's still a great movie for that reason, but, you know, there's there's just some stuff. There's just some stuff. So let's move on to the kiss of the film. I think the kiss of the film is pretty obvious. It's the the last kiss. Yeah. Yeah, at the end, uh, when he initially says that he ate the cake and he fought some raccoons for it, and then he just gives up halfway in his speech and says, "I'm just going to kiss you now." <laughs> okay, like I, like I get this, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, there was there's definitely a lot of the stuff that I didn't get, but like there's so much about his character that I was like, yeah, yeah, I've either been there. Or I'm still there. Mm-hmm. And that kiss, I honestly like, especially after fucking COVID, not knowing how to fuck to date. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm still there. It's just, it's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of my own way now and mm-hmm. let this happen. I, I found it. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's kind of funny. You know, the whole, oh, I'm going to kiss you now, and then the actual kiss itself and everything else. Like, that's all well and good. I just found it interesting that Annie attracted someone who's got, let's say, not to the extent that she has, but the same sort of confidence issues. And so I wonder, that's another thing I'm interested in to see how that progresses. Or it's just like, because he's he's like you made it seem like you liked me and and then that's when he felt like confident enough to make his move that she's the one who finally has to who goes to him to go get the drink the night that they have sex like she's the one making the first moves when she just has these you know moments of like this like poking and prodding moments to finally do stuff so now she's changing her life and here she is like asking for his help and then he shows up at the wedding like that's all well and good will she continue to do the work because obviously she's the one who's having to make these first moves to get him well so like the- yeah that's a good question i i think it's a good sign that they at least are making positive impacts on each other yeah yeah i mean that he that he's like a positive sign was that he went and he bought those baking supplies and he made an attempt. Right. To like, and she pushes something. away at first. So that's her yeah, leaving. I mean, that's, he kind of was a little obtuse about it. And he also kind of held the grudge against her a little long. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the, same time, at the same time, they're, you know, so I, I, so, like, all of that is kind of still in the back of my head as I'm watching the kiss happen. 
So like, it's not as like endearing to me when he's like, uh, I fumbled the speech. Let me just go. Ahead and That's go. true. Cause I'm just like, nah, like you should have your words together or like, or just like say something. If you're, if you're not sure about what to say, instead of like, I'm just going to kiss you now, just kind of say something sincere. Just like, Hey, I'm sorry for being obtuse. I really like you. <laughs> you know, then open your mouth and let your tongue out <laughs> and ask her what that mouth do. <laughs> anyway, I but along the same lines, I give it a B minus. So still a B minus of a, of a scene and kiss and all that, you know, so there's that. I'd give it a B. I don't, it's not quite as harsh for me. I, I think it's cute, but it just, it is what it is. Yeah. So what's your verdict for the film? Oh, this is definitely a fuck. I mean, this is definitely worth watching. I think it's a solid movie. I don't regret that I've seen it twice. So, I mean, there's a plus already. <laughs> I feel like that's that's been rare lately, and it's it's gonna be rare coming up. <laughs> yeah, um, we are getting into shitless season. Yup, and yeah. By the way, I was asked today why we did shitlist in August, and I didn't have an answer. Do you know why? Oh, I mean, we had immediately done wedding season, and. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think after you chose, someone chose the ugly truth. Oh yeah. It just happened to work out that way. Yeah. I think you just chose the ugly truth. And then I just suggested, (laughs) why don't we just make this shitless season? Yeah. That sounds right. Cause it was that bad. So yeah, that was, (laughs) and it was just like, I mean, there's nothing really going on in August. There's like nothing because we were like also um, like associating things to certain times, like, you know, right, right. With September, like coming back to school and all that sort of shit. I don't know, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It just happened to work out. Right. I was just curious, like the more I thought about it, I was like, August seems like a prime month for several other things for some reason. Not that anything specific came to mind, but anyway. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Verdict. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. It's it's solid. I think it's got some good storylines that have potential. I would love to see more, and that's why it's not a Mary. But I love the characters, and I think it's funny as fuck, and definitely worth watching. High or drunk, for that matter, because I think I was drunk the first time I watched it. And this time I was high, and it was still funny, both times. Yeah, uh, I would say fuck as well. Um, mostly because it's you know a solid B grade movie, and those types of movies you watch once. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, all right. So you can find our socials on Instagram at romancing the stone podcast, all one word together, uh, on Twitter at bro, the stone pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at supermarket sweep without the E and super. So S U P R market sweep. Uh, and then on Instagram at relusa 88 is my Insta. And then I'm max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted with a period, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. I'm just gonna stop listing Twitter. It's not worth it. I don't even check the damn thing anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, I am currently looking at uh, oh, shitless. Shit. Yeah, for shitless movies. <clears throat> 
<laughs> you got some ideas? There are some ideas. There are some ideas. There are some ideas. Some are ideas. Some ideas. I. I feel like what was that? I don't know how I set myself through that. Um, <laughs> all right, like we're gonna do this because it's the dog days of August, and we talked about how with baseball and like shit lists and everything else that this movie should be held on till around this time. I'm pulling the ripcord on it. We're oh God. Do it. Oh God. We're watch. We're watching summer catch. Oh God. I saw it once uh, with my mom. It was uh. after we both enjoyed varsity blues thinking that this was going to be another enjoyable movie like varsity blues. And then we ended up with this. Um, it's that so uh, <laughs> um, oh we are switching gears hard yeah so summer catch which is a film that stars freddie prince jr and jessica beale um it's about uh, the cape cod league uh, the what the cape cod league in baseball Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you never heard of the Cape Cod League? No. That's a thing. Is it? Yeah, that's where, like, uh, the Cape Cod League is, like, where young, like, players go to, like, like, um, like, players that are still in college and, like, not necessarily, um, whatchamacallit, like, not necessarily like drafted or on a team yet. Yeah. Uh, they play in like the Cape Cod League. Um, huh. Yeah, it's a collegiate summer baseball league. So, um, or like kids who got drafted before they went to college and then are playing their three years in college before they join the, the big league baseball team. That's cool. So, like, the big league baseball team has their rights or whatever. Um, and so, like, this, in the summers, they're not necessarily able to play for the team. So, they the big league baseball team, the minor leagues or whatever. So, they'll play in the Cape Cod League. Or guys who didn't get drafted, who are waiting to get drafted, will play in the Cape Cod League. Hmm. Okay. So, we got it's Freddie Prince Jr. In the, in the Cape Cod League. Okay. Freddie Prince Jr., who is a local in oh the boy. Northeast in oh Cape Cod. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, he's God. A, a local who plays in the Cape Cod League amongst all these, you know, future bonus babies that get drafted high because they played well in the Cape Cod League. And he's trying oh to my prove he's got it, you know? And also there's a there's a romance, a budding romance between him and the fucking anti-vaxxer Jessica Biel. <laughs> is she really yep oh my god i said that loud for 12 40 in the morning wait i'm not giving away what time it is right now or the fact that this is going out right away anyway so for the, anyway we're just gonna end it here to the tens and tens of listeners we love y'all we thank you for rocking with us and until next time have a good night we love you guys